0: This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Across the Board. Across the Board is a podcast that focuses on the Board of Directors, Board of Directors oversight of compliance programs, Board of Directors management of strategic risk, and other issues all applicable to a Corporate Board of Directors. Across the Board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Today, I take things in a little bit different direction by interviewing Joe Howell, the Executive Vice President at Workiva, on the issue of board governance and the oversight of risk. I'm here with Joe Howell, Executive Vice President of Workiva, to talk about boards of directors and risk. Joe, I'd first like to ask you, how should a board of directors think about risk? I can tell you from the perspective of a chief
1: financial officer and a management team that works closely with its board, I have found that boards can be so very valuable by posing questions to management that help them challenge their own assumptions, especially those assumptions that they're most confident in. And in their, the they being the board's role is the, in the governance of the company they need to focus not on the management component of risk or even the assessment of risk. They need to help management consider the things that management is so sure about that maybe are not going to uh, play out the way that they expect. And for example, the, the things that can hurt investors more than anything else is a surprise. Chaos does not help investors in general. And the things that surprise investors frequently are the things that also surprise management. So does management consider all of the things that can go wrong and have they built an environment where they can both help prevent those things from happening and detect them when they're small and they can actually do something about them?
0: Joe, one of the The questions I hear from boards is how do we not step over the fine line from oversight moving into management, because many board of directors do not feel it is their role to manage senior management, even over very important issues such as risk.
1: You're exact. Well, they're right. It's not the board's role to manage the management. Their Their role is governance. And when I have worked with boards in the most effective environments, board members challenge me on a regular basis? Have I considered all of the issues? And I was going to just say earlier, one very good example is the whole uh, the reputation of those stakeholders involved in the company. And that can be the management team itself, the employees and the board members themselves. Because when things go wrong and the headline news carries some, some uh, unfavorable stories, about the company or the way that the company conducted itself, those stories hurt everybody involved in the company. And Harvard Business Review last year did a very interesting study about the um, the, the impact of of a scandal on everybody involved in the company. And I think that it's very important as we go through some of the, the ways the board can help management in that role. I think the things that really make a difference to management is when the board is able to be an effective devil's advocate, not managing management, but helping them in their governing role by helping management to step back and think critically of their own underlying assumptions and biases.
0: One of the other questions, or perhaps even it would move to criticism, I've heard board members talk about is the asymmetrical nature of information that's presented to them. And one of the direct questions is, how can we get information if it's siloed within an organization? So, for instance, you mentioned your prior role as a chief financial officer. If that information that you have is not available to the chief compliance officer or the head of IT and vice versa back across, how can a board be assured that is getting sufficient information about the variety of risks a company faces?
1: This goes back to my first statement of where the board can be most effective in helping management in its risk assessment and risk management role, and that's by asking questions because siloed information by itself is a risk. In almost every instance of the high-profile failures over the last 24 months, things started very small, and the information was siloed. Frequently, the failures, for example, at Wells Fargo, in a company of that size, the the revenue that was impacted by the fraudulent uh, customer accounts was well below any threshold of materiality, and it was siloed into one part of the business. The board's ability to challenge management, have you reached across these boundaries which limit the flow of information inside the organization to ask questions and to deliver information that can be helpful? Your your example here, how can the chief financial officer make sure that he is giving all of the information that the chief compliance officer needs to do his job? Those questions from the board can be very valuable in making sure that the chief financial officer doesn't forget these issues, and the chief compliance officer has an opportunity to engage constructively with the chief financial officer and others in the organization. These sorts of barriers are pervasive in any company of of any size that has particularly operations in different product lines, in different uh, uh, markets, in different countries, in different time zones. These uh, limitations to the free flow of information by themselves create a risk to the organization, to the investors of the organization, to the employees of the organization. And the board's ability to ask questions, if nothing else, in their governance role creates this reminder to management to open up itself to itself and listen carefully to its own organization and be able to link information to all of the places it needs to be fed.
0: Joe, one of the things I've heard you advocate uh, quite clearly across many different groups is the concept that in the realm of internal controls, less is more. Does that apply to the board's role in internal controls as well?
1: It does. I think that, again, getting back to where the board has been most effective in helping me as a chief financial officer and helping the management team in general by challenging management, is the it is helping management realize them themselves that the that you can overdo a control environment in the sense that when management builds controls around risks that are not going to be the most serious risk to the company that they end up building excessive amounts of energy and protection where they're not really needed that you as a management team end up diluting your attention and, and diluting your resources. And when things do go wrong, your Fed spreads so thin that you don't see those risks coming at you. The um, the, the real question that where less is more can be very valuable is when the board continues to challenge the management team on on the scenarios that could play out, that could be devastating to an organization where risk really matters. For example, in a food service company or a restaurant company, if there were contamination or if there were um, a uh, the things that could happen either at the plant or by people who are touching the food those are very serious risks that a company needs to both be mindful of and to to be able to prevent and if something goes wrong to be able to detect early they are expensive they, when 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 customers of the company or others are hurt that as uh, a consequence of failures that can be devastating and again so the the board, by continuing to challenge management on the scenarios that management has considered and the stories management is telling itself about what could go wrong, to help get management out of its comfort zone. By and large, executive teams begin to uh, believe themselves when they talk about how well they're doing. And there's just, that's human nature. And the independent uh Challenge that the board can can offer, putting the a little bit of sand in the shoe to make sure that you're thinking about things carefully can cause you to step back and really focus your resources where they're needed. And I have seen examples of where controls that are used for financial reporting, for example, uh, when examined in the light of where the risk really exists for the company, the companies have been able to reduce their controls actually by as many as half. And improve their overall control environment and reduce the aggregate risk to the company. It's interesting that even spending less money on controls and by having fewer controls can improve the overall comfort that the company and its and its management and investors are protected from risk.
0: Joe, I'd like to thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us today.
1: Tom, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so very much for asking.
0: This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Across the Board. If you'd like more information on the boards of directors, or you have any questions or comments about the podcast across the board, hope you would email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you will join me again for our next episode of Across the Board, where we explore yet another ep- issue relating to boards of directors, management of strategic risk, corporate governance, and oversight of corporate compliance programs. This is Tom Fox. Across the board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.